pop up as it goes along? Yeah, you know, that's, uh, you raise a very interesting point. Uh, there, there, there is a ridicule factor where pilots are afraid to report this. Uh, airline pilots have been instructed, you know, not to report these things because it calls, supposedly calls their sanity into question. Um, but now, in an age where, you know, the, the videos have become, you know, really uh, sophisticated, um, I think you will see more of this. And um, um, uh, I think there's a chance now that, you know, the, the science is based on, on videos like this because for the first time they can, they can do analysis of speed and, and distance and um, the, the auras. The New York Times headline said, you know, um, these auras that are uh, around these these objects, which is very interesting. We don't know what that means. The scientists think it has something to do with their, you know, their their power, uh, their propulsion system or whatever. They don't know, but there, there is this glowing aura around them, and that's showing up on the videos. And so I mean, definitely, it'll it'll help. So with these military guys, I mean, there's obviously, well, probably two things they're thinking right here. First and foremost, they probably have to think, like, logically some sort of next-gen weapon or aircraft from another country. I mean, if you're thinking about it logically. And then secondly, I mean, you don't know where to go. It's an unidentified flying object. But is is there kind of worry that maybe this could be a next-gen weapon from another government? Yeah, I mean, the program was called, you know, Advanced Aerospace, uh, you know, Threat Identification Program. So they got the money on the idea that they were going to identify uh, aerial threats. And the, the most obvious aerial threat would be from an earthly adversary. But the more that, you know, the, the contractors looked into this, uh, the, the harder they, they, they found it to, you know, pin this on any other country on Earth. Uh, if, if the Russians or the Chinese or any other country had a craft like this or objects like this with these aerodynamics, they said, we would probably know about it. It's just, it represents speeds and maneuverability um, uh, that doesn't exist on this planet. That's what they keep coming back to. So, yeah, the first thought was, yeah, is this, is this an adversarial, you know, craft of some, of some kind? But um, they, they pretty much ruled that out. Given the speed and maneuverability of these crafts, do they believe these crafts to be piloted? Well, you know, they seem to be, uh, you know, that's another good question. They're not random. I mean, they're not flying around at random. They seem to be uh, flying in, in some patterns. They, uh, they approach our aircraft, then they fly away. Um, so there does seem to be some, you know, deliberate movement, you know, t- to them. And, you know, from that you could probably extrapolate, well, then somebody has to be doing that movement. But they haven't gotten to that point. They, they just don't know. I mean, there's also a question that some of these craft might be remotely controlled. They might be, you know, belong to a, a larger craft. Um, there's some, you know, suggestion in the, in the reports that uh, uh, some of them throw off smaller craft or so. But uh, either way, it, it, you know, they, they just don't know. It, they're not random, that's for sure. Ralph Blumenthal from the New York Times joining us here on the Crowley Show. Now that there's not going to be money going into uh, this project, what do they do from here? Where does where do they go from here? Well, the Defense Department told us that the program shut down in 2012 after the funding ran out after five years. Uh, our reporting suggests that it, the program continued uh, and it continues to this very day. Um, they have um, partnered with different uh, other agencies like the Navy and the CIA 
to keep it going. Um, but they have to make some decisions uh, at the Pentagon. You would think uh, whether to uh, expand this program, continue it, uh, you know, renew the funding. And the um, director who we interviewed, um, who resigned, uh, resigned, he said in, in his letter, uh, because of um, the lack of funding and lack of support and opposition in, within the Pentagon. So now that we've laid this on the table, you would think uh, some people in the Pentagon would be trying to figure out, well, what do we do now? Is there an Area 51 type place? And obviously not maybe necessarily the way that everyone thinks of it with aliens or anything like that in there, but uh, is there an area where they have pieces of these crafts or, or anything that they could be examining? Well, we reported, uh, really, I think it was one of the more dramatic disclosures in our story, uh, that uh, the program um, has recovered or is in possession of uh, materials, is the way we were told, uh, materials from some of these objects. Um, how much they have and where it is, we don't know. But, um, uh, you know, contractors have been studying these materials they believe have been recovered where they're doing this again, as I said, we, we don't know. There's various research facilities, but that in itself would be a tremendous breakthrough if they have something physical uh, that they can study. I mean, that opens it up to a crazy place there. I mean, if there's physical things, and I, I believe it's like some sort of weird alloy, that, alloy that's been, they can't exactly figure out where it's from. I mean, that opens up a whole weird possibility. It where sure it does. It uh, sure does. And, you know, the first thing they're trying to figure out is, uh, whether it resembles anything on Earth and, and what it's, you know, similar to. Um, so, you know, we don't have enough reporting yet to know what, you know, where they're going on this. But we think it's, it's significant enough to, to report that, you know, they have what they believe is materials. Um, but, uh, you know, more than that, uh, we don't know yet. Have you found this to be... One of the more interesting stories that you've reported on in your uh, long career here. I mean, my God. you got to be kidding. This story is amazing because, first of all, it has dominated, you know, the New York Times metrics. Uh, it's been the most viewed, most emailed, you know, most page views in a long time. Um, I'm not saying it's the most because there's some other big stories, obviously. But it, it has captured interest like, you know, nothing else uh, in a long time because, the, the public is fascinated, and, you know, we like to think that we have taken it out of the realm of mythology and, and given it a kind of a hard, you know, news substance, and that's what we do. You know, we're, we're, I'm an investigative reporter. This is not uh, fiction, uh, science fiction. We have, um, you know, at least determined that a, the Pentagon took it seriously. They've made some, you know, findings, uh, preliminary findings, that these things are worth studying. Um, they have some kind of an existence that is captured on video. So uh, that's kind of a breakthrough. And, Ralph, the thing that stuck out to me here is, like, you know, you go through this and you, you see people with cell phone videos, grainy stuff, things like that. But this is this is surveillance from an F-A-18, probably the most advanced fighter jet we have, with some of the most advanced radar and, and tracking technology that, that we can come up with. And, and there it is. I mean, they're following this thing. Yeah, and, you know, people have remarked that even those pictures are not so great. So, you know, what's up with that? I mean, even with their gun, gun side cameras and all that, and their sophisticated, you know, the most sophisticated, you know, video technology, they're not coming up with, with really clear pictures because these objects seem to defy, 
um, recording in some way. Uh, that's part of their, their mystery. They're, there's some aura around them or so that seems to prevent them from being uh, easily uh, photographed or you know, recorded. Sometimes they're in, on radar, sometimes they're not. Um, so uh, that's interesting. And, you know, sure, in an age of video cameras, everyone's got a camera. And there have been pictures of UFOs taken with film cameras. Uh, some of them are hoaxes. Um, some are unexplained. Um, but um, but this is as good as it gets in terms of a video. They call that a cloaking device on Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have something, uh, these things, and again, we don't know what that is. And uh, uh, that's one of the things scientists and contractors on the program would like to find out. They'd like to duplicate it. Ralph, how did they acquire the alloy? How did they find Uh-oh. the piece of this craft? We don't know. We okay. don't know whether okay. they picked it up. Uh, it, 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 our reporting has not gotten to that point. It is very difficult, as you can imagine. No kidding. Well, is it possible? I mean, uh, this would be speculation, so obviously if you if you can't answer, but, I mean, is it possible that they've engaged in any type of combat with these things? Well, there have been reports, not not in, you know, the New York Times, but if you look in the, you know, the literature, uh, there have been um, cases of military aircraft firing at these objects, um, deeming them hostile, and uh, usually to no effect. Um, uh, for some reason, they seem to deflect, uh, you know, um, armament. Um, I'm not in saying that we found that, and, and the program hasn't found that, but if you look uh, at the reports, um, that, that has come up. Um, so, you know, um, you can't say any of these things were shot down. You know, no one knows that. I mean, that has never been authenticated. So where this material comes from, how they got it, I don't know. This is an ongoing story, like you've mentioned. I mean, you continue to uh, look into this, yes? Absolutely, absolutely. But it's not easy. I mean, no. you know, uh, especially now that it's come out, some people are, you know, scared of talking, uh, you know, sources have dried up, uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're continuing our, our look at this. $22 million. That's not a lot of money, you know. I know I it's mean, not a lot of money, but it does, it validate it validates the, 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 con- the level of concern here, though, to some extent. Well, it does. I mean, it's a serious amount of money for, for some investigation, but I mean, the Pentagon budget is $650 right. billion. Um, and this is not $22 million a year. This is $22 right. million total, so, you know, $4.5 million a year or whatever. Uh, but um, uh, that can do some, you know, some good. I mean, that money, uh, the contractors were paid, and, um, um, you know, they, they could do some research. Uh, um, but considering the enormity of the, of the uh, issue, uh, you would think that it might be worthy of... Uh, of a bigger commitment. Like our entire defense budget. <laughs> well. Ralph, we really appreciate the time. Uh, the work was uh, obviously outstanding, and uh, we hope uh, and pray that you continue to uh, get people to talk on this story because it is incredibly fascinating. Well, we're on the case. and Thank you so much. Hey, thanks a lot, Ralph. Take care now. Okay. And may God be with you. What the hell was that? Man, that scared me a little bit, Are you honestly. kidding me? By the way, have you ever seen me get yips the way I have today? Nah, you've been yippy. What the hell? Last two segments, I couldn't think of what UFO was. Yeah. Total disaster, but Ralph... 
I mean, that guy came forward with a lot of information. Man, I mean, honestly, and that's the thing. Here's the difference between all of this. You see things on, like, weird sites. You've got conspiracy sites. You've got George Norrie, Coast to Coast, all that stuff. This is the New York freaking Times, people. These people go at it, and they investigate Did you hear him? Yeah. That's not the kind of guy we'd normally have on this show. No. Because he starts off, and he says, well... He, you, one of us, I said department or something like that. And I like said that. alien. And, and he, and he oh, corrected program, us. Program. Yeah, he went, program, program. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a very, very serious journalist. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for him, and I wanted to get into it, but we've run out of time, and now I'm rambling anyhow over our allotted time, but I'm sure for him being as serious of a journalist as he is, 45 years at the New York freaking Times, that... He looks at this and, and needs to try to pull people's attention to how serious it actually is. He says it's getting a lot of clicks. A lot of people are talking about it. I don't think people are talking about this enough. No. It could be freaking aliens. Even he he chuckled with the alloy comment, but we don't know what it is. See, and if it, there's something we can take from movies here, like there's always a small warning in the beginning of the movie and everybody's like, oh, no. People, you know, consider it, at least. It's the New York Times saying they're are unidentified flying objects. And I'm going to go one step further. I'm pretty sure there's damn aliens in them. Because we can't make that kind of stuff. I'm not a journalist, so no, I, I do think, I mean, he's, he's definitely right, though. I mean, we've got people with their ears to the ground, if... Or is it ears to the wall? Doesn't matter. Both, I think. It could be both. Yeah. Guys, if the, if the Germans or the Chinese or the Russians or the Koreans were doing this, we'd have freaking known about it. I've blown the clock. We talked to Stu Gotts earlier on in the day. It was great. We let you hear that next Crowley Show. Oh my God. Ralph Blumenthal Mana ruined everyone's day. That was a great interview. He was outstanding. He confirmed that. Our aircrafts have shot at those things and that nothing happened. He also confirmed that they have a, a piece of this alloy and they don't know what it is. What the bleep? We transitioned back to sports, uh, sort of. I had Stu Gotts of the Dan Lebitard show on with me last week and he had this to say about the Steelers' chances. Let me be the guy who says it, and then everyone can blame me if the Steelers lose it. I am telling you right now, the Steelers are going to win this game by double digits. They have the better team. They have the better skill position players. I think they're going to win, and they're at home. I think the Steelers are going to win this game by 10-plus points. How about that? Damn it, Stu. Sorry. <sighs> <laughs> what about in your own personal record book? Did they win in your own personal record book, though? They did because that was the catch. Like, I don't want to – listen, I watch sports. Sports is a release for me. I don't want to think while I'm watching it, and I certainly don't want to think about whether or not someone caught a football or not when I know that he did. So, um, yeah, my personal record book, if this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. (laughs) Doesn't that just tell you – How close everything is in football where the Steelers go in one second from being the favorite maybe to win it all to, ah, they're not beating the Patriots up in freaking Foxborough. Yeah, well, that's football. It's funny because Dan and I were talking about that today. Like, we, you know, 
we don't know what we're watching. We really don't. Outside of the Patriots, which is the only consistent thing in that sport, and the Steelers aren't that far off, by the way, but outside of the Patriots, yeah, all these things come down, you know, to a call here, a play here, a drop ball there, a couple of inches. I mean, it all comes down to the smallest of margins. And because we don't pay attention to, you know, to probably the most important guys in the field, the offensive line and the defensive line, we have no idea what we're watching. We don't know what these games uh, really come down to outside of the Patriots. But then we know what we're watching. We know we're watching a team that's going to be a one or two seed every year in the AFC and, and in all likelihood play uh, play in the championship game for a right to go to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, it's, it's the NFL is weird, right? It's like I told Dan today as a Jet fan, I've been doing this forever. I go into every season, not with expectations. I go into every season saying, all right, maybe we'll get a bounce here or a call there. And if we do, maybe we'll sneak in as a wild card to make a run. Like, that's just the way the NFL is. It's, uh, it's the way it is. But listen, I, I have no doubt. I, I don't know. Based off of that game, right? And that was a frustrating one. Uh, but based off of that game, Pittsburgh going up to, to New England, AFC championship game. Um, I'm confident that the Seals, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win that game. <laughs> But I'm pretty confident that it's going to be a really close game and the Steelers will have a chance to win at the end. Yeah, a lot of Steelers fans feel the same way. A lot of Steelers fans think better about the team than they did going into this game in Pittsburgh. But what I was saying is if you can't beat them... Hey, 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 Adam, I'm sorry sorry to cut you off. I'm hearing, like, programming. Oh, you're you're hearing programming? There we go. It's gone. Sorry about that. No, it's, it's all Joe's fault. I was hearing something about a pepperoni roll or something like that. Oh, Kogo's. Two for six bucks. <laughs> Listen, that is radio right there when you have memorized the uh, commercials, the deal, all of it. That, you are radio, my friend. I know. Isn't it sad? Uh, no, it's fun. no, I am too. It's funny. <laughs> I, I, I have every spot on our station and our network memorized. It's crazy. I, I guess where I left off, I said uh, I, could see, you know, I, could, I could see the Steelers with a chance to win the game, you know, AFC Championship game at the end. That's what people around here think, Stu. They think that they've got a chance, but what I'm thinking is – when you've got the ball with 352 at home, up five with a hollow from quarterback, you don't win that one. Eh, it's over. It's done. I threw my hat across the room. I don't get emotional at all when I watch these games anymore. I threw my hat across the room when Ben Roethlisberger's pass was intercepted. We're not used to that happening against New England. Usually it's just they blow them out. But this time it hurt even more. It was like Indiana Jones getting your heart ripped out. No, I know, but I'm glad you brought up the up five. With what, what, how much time was left? Five thirty-eight or something to go. Three fifty-two, or three fifty-two. Okay, because you're right. We talked about this on Monday. Like I can't stand this about NFL coaches, and it's what separates Belichick, I think, uh, from the rest of the coaches of the NFL. Um, you're up five. You get a chance to put the Patriots out. You get a chance to end the game. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback with two Super Bowls. You got you know Brown. I guess he was hurt, but you got Le'Veon Bell. Offense is moving the ball. You have a chance to end that game right there. And the conservative play calling from all of these coaches, including Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, who is so focused on getting his team out of every stadium alive, might want to help his team get out of his own stadium alive and not call like such just bland plays when you've got a hall. Like, trust your quarterback there, your Hall of Fame, two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Trust him to make the plays that are going to end that game because I promise you, if the Patriots were up five with three, you know, three minutes of change to go, they would have put the ball in Brady's hands, and Brady would have ended that game. And I don't understand. Tomlin, they teach toughness. They teach don't cave in in the big moment, right? That's all the stuff that these coaches preach and they teach. And then what happens in the biggest of moments, biggest game of the year, who shrivels up? It's Mike Tomlin. Not the players. It's Mike Tomlin and his play calling. And that just drives me crazy. So you're saying Tomlin blinked. 
Yes, he blinked. Yes, he blinked. Yes, the guy who says, don't blink. Yes, and there were no splash plays. None of that. No splash plays. Just conservative, conservative, conservative. Tom Brady, here's the ball. And it's funny, Adam, I'll tell you. I told my daughter, because that first pass by Brady should have been intercepted. It wasn't. Ugh. And when it wasn't, I told my daughter, who one of the you know, twin 13-year-olds, one of them's really into sports. I said, Rachel, turn around and watch the end of this game. And she said, why? And I said, Tom Brady's going to march him right down the field. That's what the best quarterback, of, uh, the greatest quarterbacks of all time do. They march their team right down the field. And lo and behold, Gronk, 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 touchdown. And then I told her, because it was very Brady-like that they left so much time on the clock for Roethlisberger. I said, hey, the other guy's a Hall of Famer, too. Watch this. He's going to march him right back down the field. And he did. And then they had the blown call at the end. I guess it wasn't a blown call, but a bad rule at the end. And then uh, the inexplicable interception where he just has to throw it in the stands in that spot. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, no one here knows what he was thinking. And that's why the hat wound up going across the room. Stu Gotts from the Dan Levitard <laughs> Show with Stu Gotts joining me here on the Crowley Show. We've been talking about aliens today, Stu. Because yeah. of everything going on with the Pentagon and Rob Gronkowski's not human, right? I mean, what the bleep do you do to cover this guy? He's six foot seven. He's however much he weighs, he doesn't look like a normal human should look. He, he's he's not shaped like a regular guy. No, he's not. He's he's uh, he's an alien, and I'm looking forward. I, in fact, I'm going to tune in live to your show at six o'clock today because I want to hear this guy from the side talk about aliens. That's that's a good job by you. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Gronk, yes, like Gronk, and maybe he'll be able to explain Gronk in a way that I can't because I can't explain him because you're right. He's, he's absolutely an alien. I, I'm wondering, are people, because you look at the Thomas Davis hit from the Carolina Panthers who got two games, and I have no problem <laughs> with him getting two games, but how does Gronk not get two games? And I'm telling you, I think the reason is the NFL, and because what Gronk did was far worse. I mean, the guy was laying on the ground defenseless. The play was over, and Gronk just rammed his, you know, his entire body into him. What Thomas Davis did at least happened during the, the course of play. It was bad, but it happened during the course of play. Like, I'm, is, are Pittsburgh fans mad? Like, that conspiracy stuff where the NFL wanted Gronk to be active for that Steelers game because it was such a big game for CBS and for the NFL? I'm wondering if... If Pittsburgh fans are buying into that kind of conspiracy theory right now. Oh, Pittsburgh fans are pissed about a lot of things today. Uh, That is definitely one of them. They win the game if Rob Gronkowski's not on the field. There's no question about it. And then Steelers fans think if they win that game, the Patriots then might have to play three games prior to going to the Super Bowl. They've never done that before. So the hope was they wind up winning the game and not having to play New England. So while you figured he'd be back for the AFC Championship game, (laughs) Steelers fans are hoping maybe there would be no AFC Championship game against those guys. Right. Um, yes, it's 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 kind of fascinating. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm guessing Roethlisberger and Tomlin, all those guys, thought they want to be the Patriots at full strength. I'm guessing the fans do too. But yes, like not having Gronk there. And now, now you could say, hey, I want to be in full strength, but they lost Rex Burkhead. You lost Antonio Brown. Like, there's that. Right. Gronk should not have been playing in that game. That's that's. That's just it. It should have been a three- or four-game suspension that's appealed and gets knocked down to two games, but it's pretty obvious that they wanted them, uh, they wanted them playing, playing in that game. It, it's funny, right, because you know, we're sitting here talking at them, and I'm wondering, like, have you done the – like, have you tried to count this out? Like, how many Super Bowls – you have two with Roethlisberger. Uh, how many Super Bowls do you think the Steelers win if Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots never happen? Like, if they just, if they just don't exist, if that never happens, what do you think? You've won four or five Super Bowls if you, if you don't have to deal with Brady and Belichick? Yeah, I think so. I think they probably win in 01, although Cordell Stewart was the quarterback, so that was kind of a dice roll there. They right. probably win in 04, Ben's rookie year, where they were 15-1, and one, although <laughs> you know all about that year with the Jets in the divisional yep. round. So yep. maybe not because Ben wasn't playing great. But uh, you could at least say they're going to win one more at least, right? 
Uh, I would say probably, yeah, I would say at least one, probably two or three, um, which is just, I mean, listen, the Jets, it doesn't matter. The Jets would still have zero. Um, but for your team, yeah, you would, <laughs> you would, yeah, I'm guessing you'd tack on another two or three if, if Brady and Belichick simply <laughs> did not exist. Do you like um, how seriously I approach that answer, though? Why wouldn't yes, I just, why wouldn't I just yes. say three? Why not just say three? You know what? They'd have you, three more. You should have said like seven. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you broke it down like that. I was trying. <laughs> yes, I, 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 you know, I kind of lobbed it up you to did. you to, to slam it home, and you really like you. The guy who's having a a an alien expert on at six, <laughs> where he wants to get serious, is breaking down how many <laughs> Super Bowls the Steelers would have had if Brady wasn't around. <laughs> oh, man. I just, they got in my head, man. Those Patriots got in my head. And I know, listen, I know, man. They've been in my head for 15 years. I'm a Jets fan. I got to face them two times a year. Like, I know. I feel, listen, I feel awful for you. I feel awful for the city. I feel awful for the fans. And again, you could, you could, you could turn all your anger towards me because I'm the one who predicted that they win by double digits. So it's, it's on me. It's not on you. Because I hate when people do that. Like, I hate when people tell me, oh, this is the year the Jets are going to beat the Patriots, and the Patriots win by 40. So it's on me, man. I know how you feel. Trust me. No one knows better how you and the city of Pittsburgh feels than me. I have to face that team two times a year. The only difference is you thought the Steelers would win, and nobody in the city of Pittsburgh thought they had a chance. And then you lifted their spirits. You got them all excited. You made them believe. You made them believe. I know, but, but I'll be honest with you. Had you asked me that same question and I was doing the interview in Boston, I would have told you the Patriots would have won. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're good like that. You're good like that. Uh, Stu, a funny thing. On Friday, uh, after you came on, my producer said, do you want Stu's number so that you can just text him and try to figure stuff out on Monday? And I said, yeah, sure. I said, but you might want to give it to me on Monday because if you give it to me Friday, I'm going to get hammered. And then when watching the game, I'm going to text them if things start going bad. So I probably texted you more than you wanted me to anyhow. But had I been intoxicated over the weekend, that's the last thing you would have wanted. No, see, I would have, I would have appreciated those texts as it was unfolding, as the game was going on. Um, so, so now you have my number, and I'd appreciate Like I, I, I would like to see how you are. Take me through your emotional range uh, watching a Steelers game. Like, feel free. Just fire away with text. Don't worry about it. We're good, okay? Very good. Yeah, I'll paint you a word picture from Sunday. I was very happy for 58 minutes of that football game. And when Juju Smith-Schuster is running down the field, and I thought it was very appropriate. I even tweeted this out. 69-yard reception by Juju, kind of just to throw it in the face of Rob Gronkowski. And I'm jumping up and down with my producer. And, I mean, it got somewhat romantic. And then the hat went across the room when the interception was thrown, and it was just, it was terrible. Right, did he? So you watched the game with your producer. That's interesting. Did you guys hug it out? Like, what was going on there? Was there, was there hugging going on? Like, what? Like, take me through that. What happened? Uh, borderline inappropriate. Uh, I mean, okay. yeah, I, I think our shirts rode up a little bit, so there might have been some belly-on-belly belly touching uh, with us jumping mm-hmm. up and down. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe a moon landing situation happened. It was, a, it, was, right. it, was a little, it was a little perverse, and then, well, then all the bad words came out. Yeah, so I'm wondering, but had they had they won the game, like what happens there? Did, did, did the two of you like like a scene out of Rocky Three? Do you guys like run on the, like do you put your high you know, your tube socks on, pull them up to your knees, and <laughs> you run into the ocean together, hugging each other with slow music? How does that work? Well, this is Pittsburgh, so we just would have dumped into the snowbank in the uh, in the parking <laughs> lot, but it would have been very similar to that. Uh, hey, Stu, what uh, was the, what was the most frustrating part for you? Like uh, of all the frustrating things that happened in that game. Uh, the catch that wasn't a catch. Tomlin, uh, not, you know, not trying to put the game away. 
up five with three plus minutes to go. Uh, the Roethlisberger interception. What like what was the one thing where <laughs> I'm trying to identify when you and your producer were at your lowest moment in your living room watching the game? Well, lowest moment was the end, but it right. was it was like you whenever you turned around to your daughter. It was when Sean Davis dropped the interception, and we've seen that movie before. Uh, you knew right. Brady right. was going to lead him down. Right, <laughs> you knew right then and there. That's why I told my daughter, turn around, watch this. You're going to take it right down the field. Like, you have one chance to pick that ball off and end, and end the game, right? And when you don't, uh, you know it's going to happen. Like, you're sitting there watching the final three minutes, and it doesn't matter what happens. You know eventually what the outcome is going to be, and the outcome sucks. And that's the worst part about playing the Patriots. Yeah, it blows. And it's, yeah. it's, why, it's why alcohol was invented. Uh, Stu, <laughs> uh, appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for, uh, for spending time with us again here for the, uh, a couple times in the last couple of shows. It means a lot. No, it's my pleasure, man. Uh, I appreciate it, and, uh, and I'm serious. Like, text me during the weekend. I want to see, see how you are during these games, okay? Will do, man. Thanks a lot. All right, and let's do it again before the AFC Championship uh, game. Let's do it again because I have the Steelers winning that game by 20. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Stu Gotts, Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts. Thanks again, man. All right, you got it, man. My new best friend, Stu Gotts of the Dan Levitard Show. He felt really bad about that prediction he made. Let me be the guy who says it, and then everyone can blame me if the Steelers lose it. I am telling you right now, the Steelers are going to win this game by double digits. They have the better team. They have the better skill position players. I think they're going to win, and they're at home. I think the Steelers are going to win this game by 10-plus points. How about that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. We might talk about football tomorrow. We did somewhat today. If you're a fan of the show, you know we like to have fun. Thanks to Stugatz for hopping on. And thank you. I wouldn't have thought Stugatz would have been the second best guest that we got, but Ralph Blumenthal of the New York Times kind of made me uneasy, but also fascinated at the same time. If you're not familiar with the report... In 2007, the Pentagon created a department, although he called it something else, a program. It was a program. He created a program, and they, for four years, put $4.5 million a year into it. And their process was going about and trying to find out what's going on with some of these UFOs. And they saw UFOs in 04! Not this program, but it's one of the reasons the program was started, because fighter jet pilots saw freaking UFOs, and what Ralph said is that they've engaged them before, and that they haven't been effective. Now, my conspiracy theory is this. Ralph also said that they have a piece of this thing, one of these things, in Las Vegas, that they don't know what the alloy is. I think that they shot this thing down. I they, think that's how they got they, it. I mean, that's what you would have to think, right? So two scenarios that could be possible with that. One, shot it down. Second is it's a crash. So, you know, man, 
Okay, and here's the thing, too. As we're walking through this hallway, and bear with us, people. Look, we know there's football out there. We know there's hockey, and we want to talk about it, But this is kind of like taking over us today. This might be the biggest story uh, yeah. of all time. Like, there won't be football of aliens, <laughs> that sort of thing, you know? But the biggest thing, I find myself in the hallways, like, having to over-explain to people. I'm like, see, they, they found UFOs. They think they're real now. They've got alloys. People look at you like you're a little bit crazy. And you have to explain, this is a legitimate source, this is the New York freaking times. Now, look, I, I everything aside politically, everybody has their dog in a fight and whatever. But the New York Times does journalism. This guy is not going to go with the story unless he's backed up three sources deep and making sure everything, every I is dotted and every T is crossed. And he's talked to the pilots. He's talked to people involved. These are real pilots. I mean, these are real people. This who have just, a, they have a legitimate professional, right. like, it could hurt them professionally if they're wrong about this This stuff. guy worked at the New York Times for 45 freaking years. You think he's going to lie about covering a story where the Pentagon is investigating UFOs? I don't think so. And let me go a step further, Adam. Usually in these stories, when you hear something about a pilot, they're 20, 30 years retired. This is current. There's these guys video. are in the air. There's video. Yes, these guys are in the air. And it's not just some whack job out there with his cell phone taking video of this. It's not some farmer in the 30s who says he saw something and, you know, he was kind of known as a wacky guy anyhow. No, this is legit. And you don't want to speculate as to what the purpose of these things are, but that's what we do here on the show. We like to speculate a little bit. And my speculation is that, hey... Maybe they're just coming to scout us out. Brian thinks that they're trying to get fuel and that maybe H2O, hydrogen, has something to do with their fuel. That's why they were uh, above the oceans. I don't know. I don't know. Brian's theory, your theory, Brian, was the uh, that they were fueling with hydrogen. Yeah, I kind of, like, yeah, so close to the ocean, okay? Let me, uh... <laughs> I don't want to sound like a weirdo here, but if you think about it, hydrogen clearly a fuel source within the universe, right? We use it. We use it for bombs. Bombing we, it. We use it for all kinds of things. You see hydrogen peroxide, little bubbles start. That's energy, people. You know, you manipulate it a certain way, more things happen. You can run things with hydrogen. So if I'm an alien craft, I come, I don't know, four or five billion light years, you know, scoping out a planet. I'm going to need fuel. That's our biggest problem getting to Mars. How are we going to get fuel? We're already looking at taking water from the atmosphere and creating hydrogen out of it. You know, Matt Damon style, like lone guy on the planet creating fuel. So clearly, if you're looking at an, a universal element, makes sense. You do wonder then if they're scouting the planet for anything else other than fuel. I mean, it's what, 70 something percent water? Uh, I mean, if you think about what us, percent it, of the What percent of the world is water? Three Joe? quarters. Three quarters. 75 percent. That's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, and, and think about us as a species. You know, it's all natural. They're all, we're all some sort of species, and we all have some way of operating. The way we're looking at things is if we go somewhere, we're looking for resources. Why? Because maybe, uh, well, clearly our planet's having a problem with resources. It's not an endless supply. So, yeah, maybe they're scouting for resources. That scares me to a point because, you know, do you think a plan is just going to give up the resources? Especially, like I said, we're just we're running out ourselves and have to fight that fight, right? So they got to come hostile. And Stephen Hawking, right, one of the greatest minds 
in the world. So they say. I've never understood anything he said. Huge physicist. Dude, this guy is deep. Don't Look, I'll vouch for him, okay? Stephen Hawking oh, is... That case. I'm going out on a limb. Stephen Hawking is smart. But he's been for years warning against this, that you don't want to look for these aliens. You want to hide from them. Because they're coming here with an intent, and we're not going to like it once they get here. It makes you wonder about just how far behind we are. We can we can barely travel intercontinentally in a timely fashion. I mean, depending on what you want to qualify as timely. It took me six hours to get to Ireland after I flew to New York first. Imagine going the other way. I mean, it takes how long to get to California from here. And these creatures, whatever they are, traveled the... How, we don't know! I mean, they got a big leg up on us. If they do want to come down here, we're it doesn't it doesn't I don't think it's good. Yeah, if we show up at their doorstep, I mean at this point it'd be in like a little shuttle. And you're like, what's that? Yeah, like you come right. here you come here with like what? A cheap two seater? Yeah, like, get out of here with that crap. They'll blow us right out of the sky. Exactly. It's like whenever the modern civilization came in contact with the Native Americans. Yeah. They're throwing pebbles. Yeah, I mean, we're cavemen to anything that lands here. No kidding. And yet we are the most advanced humans that there's ever been, at least you think, right? It, it puts you into some sort of perspective where, you know, we think we kick so much ass until the next big guy on the block comes by and just destroys us. You know, I hope they hit the Patriots first, honestly. If you're going to attack aliens, hit the craft house, hit the Patriots right in the Gronk. Destroy that team before you go anywhere else. We might actually be your fans if you do that. Then we can all live happily. Make my way downtown, walk in fast. Fingers pass and go down. See you tomorrow at 4.